Well, praise the Lord, and welcome to our Monday morning Romans Bible study right here in my office at Crossway Church. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson, and I'm glad to be with you and with the Lord and His Word this morning. We are in Romans chapter 8. This today will be part 16. You can go all the way back to Romans chapter 1, part 1. If you find the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, or the website, thecrosswaychurch.com, they're uploaded both places. And uh, I just have to say, before we get started this morning, <clears throat> what a wonderful, wonderful 2019 determined all-in camp meeting we had this year. We began Thursday night and, 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 and ended it yesterday uh, morning with uh, the Sunday morning service. Thirteen ministers brought the word of God. Uh, we were blessed. We were encouraged, edified, strengthened. I believe the Lord gave uh, much insight, much direction, instruction. Probably some correction came and uh, uh, just a great, great time in the Lord meeting new people, people here from Arizona, South Carolina, Mississippi, Arkansas, uh, Ohio, <clears throat> just a great camp meeting, people coming together, listen to me carefully, to hear God's word preached, the message of the cross, the gospel preached, all those are one and the same, not three different things. But the message of the cross has brought us together. And I pray that uh, in the years to come, it would only grow. It's not going to turn into some denomination. It is just what it is. It is the people of God coming together who, who have come back to Calvary, who've determined to know nothing other than Christ and Him crucified as the answer for all things, all things from heaven, all things. And that's why this year's theme was entitled All In, because God is calling his people out of all the other things to be all in the one thing he works in, and that's the truth of who his son Jesus Christ is and what his son Jesus Christ did at Calvary. What a blessed time we had. It was our sixth year in a row. There was a couple of years where we had two in the same year. So just be praying for us. It was quite a move of God. Um, the, the, the music, the worship was phenomenal. The fellowship on Friday and Saturday's luncheon, uh, where everybody just stayed and ate together, and the pastors were touchable. The pastors were, you could talk to the to pastors and, and just fellowship. It was phenomenal. And I'm excited about that. And uh, we're we're just uh, uh, we're we're just going to keep ministering God's word uh, in, in 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 the true in the truth that it is preached, Amen. And so let's make let's make sure that we we stay the course and that we we follow uh, that we follow God's word in truth. Let, let's make sure we we stay the course. Keep our eyes on the one who is the prize. Let's make sure we stay the course by keeping our eyes on the one who is the prize through faith in what he did at Calvary. 
That's the only faith God honors, faith in Christ and Him crucified. So, again, this is part 16 of Romans chapter 8. And uh, we're excited to be with you this morning. Just a wonderful camp meeting we had uh, this weekend from Thursday night through Sunday morning. We're just so thankful to God for uniting us and and strategically bringing uh, people together back in the unity of the faith. Listen, the conference we had this weekend, the determined camp meeting, the sixth year in a row we've had it, it's just so precious. It's it's not people coming together to hear just all sorts of things. It's it's people that God has brought together. Thirteen different ministers were here this weekend preaching the gospel, the message of the cross, the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. All those are one and the same. It's the message of the cross that has brought us together. And we're excited about that, what God is doing. I encourage you, as soon as you hear where the next uh, determined camp meeting is going to be and, and, and the details for next year, I encourage you to put it on your calendar. Don't let anything get in the way because you will be blessed beyond your imagination. The message of the cross is the power of of God, and I'm thankful for that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Uh, well, uh, let's jump in this morning to Romans chapter 8. Nothing like God's Word, nothing like daily bread from the Lord Himself. And He will feed us that daily bread if He can get us to the table uh, with the daily bread that He puts on the table. That means if He can get us back to faith in the cross of Christ alone, He can feed us the Word of God as it is truth in its righteous context. Now, let's, let's look at this this morning. Romans chapter 8 verse 13 again, and I know we've been here for a couple of sessions, uh, but we need, we need to uh, remember uh, that th- this, th- this is a very important, very important book, very important uh, letter, very important teaching, and uh, we, we we could never exhaust what's in any part of the Word of God, but especially Romans chapter 6, 7, and 8. These are chapters where we learn the very specifics of what Christ did at Calvary, the very specifics uh, and the technical, uh, I, I mean, the, the, the way to live for God. The, the, you, you cannot learn how to live for God outside of knowing Romans chapter 6, 7, and 8. There is absolutely no way that you can learn to be discipled if you don't understand Romans chapter 6, 7, and 8. It's what the Lord gave to the Apostle Paul so that you and I could have it and be blessed and learn and, and 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 to learn to live in a place where the fruit of the Spirit is there. The, the, we don't have to fake it. We don't have to pretend. We can literally live with the power of God in our lives, the grace of God uh, enabling us to live where sin no longer dominates our lives, Romans 6, 14. But I want to show you something very important today in the Word of God. 
I want to show you uh, in verse 13 where the Bible says, For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. That means you'll not be able to bear fruit. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. Now, notice, if you live after the flesh, you'll die. That means you're not going to be able to bear fruit. You're going to be dead in the eyes of the Lord. Paul said it back in chapter 7, verse 9. I was alive once without the law. That means when he was born again. But when the commandment came, the sin nature revived and I died. And Jesus, through the apostle John, told the church in Sardis, you have a name that you're alive but you're dead. Please go back and listen to the previous teachings. You, we will expound on that a little bit more there, and we definitely need to hear it. So the Christian, in the eyes of God, can be dead. Even though we're alive in Christ, hidden in God in our position, our condition, in the eyes of God, we can be dead. We can grieve the Holy Spirit. Think about this. All 60, 70 years of the Christian life can be spent in the eyes of God as blind on our part and dead on our part if we don't know how to move away from living after the flesh and begin to through the Spirit, because here's the contrary, here's the opposite, here's the only other alternative, is to learn how to through the Spirit put to death the deeds of the body so that we can live, we can lay hold on this eternal life we have. It's not something exclusively that we're looking forward to. It's something we already have. Jesus the Christ, our hope of glory, dwells within us by his Spirit. And we have that right now. It will be better later. It will be better in the by and by. But we have this treasure right now in these earthen vessels. And so, there, there, there's, there's only one of two choices. We can learn to live after the Spirit, walk after the Spirit, so that through the Spirit, we can put to death the deeds of the body, or the deeds of the body can kill us, can make us non-fruit-bearing Christians. And that's a dangerous place to be because if we step into a place where we're dead and no longer bearing fruit and we don't heed the warning to return to faith in the cross of Christ and Him alone, that alone, then we, we, we take that awful, ugly, oh, what an ugly thought of being plucked out, a branch in Christ who's eventually plucked out. And, 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 and you know, you're not plucked out uh, because of sin. You're plucked out because you're not bearing fruit. And you've, and you've opted out of the fruit-bearing process. That's why this time right now in church history is the most important, I believe, of all. The church history time. It, you know, 500 years ago, the, the truth of we're justified by faith alone began to come back into the church from way back in the earliest of the early church when Paul tried to preach this, when Paul was given this, when Paul wrote this, when Paul preached this. And then the church went through the horrendous and ugly dark ages and dark ages and centuries. And let me tell you something, folks. The church has been 
devastated and paralyzed and held in captivity in darkness for centuries, centuries. And now God is revealing that we're not only justified by faith, which most through the years have rejected, uh, but also we're sanctified by faith in the sacrifice of Christ alone. We're not justified and saved and born again by faith alone, and then we work the rest of, uh, of it on our own strength. No, that's not Bible. God himself is the one who's doing the work in us, both to, we, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And the only way we can work out is if we recognize the way he's working within. And that's through faith in the sacrifice, or he's grieved and he can't work. See, the reason we're dead as Christians, the reason we can be dead as Christians and non-fruit-bearing is because we've moved away from the place he can work. Listen, if we move away from faith in the cross of Christ alone, the fruit-bearing is over. We, in the eyes of God, in our condition, are dead and blind. Now think about this. I want to share something with you very important today. I want to show you something. This, this is very important. I want you to know that the enemy is very smart in the way that he deceives and deceitfully uses ministers. And we're still coming out of the dark ages. I want you to know that. We're still coming out of the dark ages. That means we're still partially in the dark ages, in, in the darkness, without the knowledge we need. We, we, we haven't uh, learned to be the good soldiers that we're called to be, the light, the salt, but we are learning, praise God. But we're only learning if we are being taught by the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to show you something that's profound when it comes to scriptures like this, and, and I'm not going to give you the name of the book that I'm going to read out of. I'm just using this as an example because in this book there are some good things written. But I'm going to use something from this book as an example to show you how easy it is for us to be deceitfully manipulated, if you will. And I've told you before that ministers will tell you something is wrong, and then they'll use the word but, and on the contrary, and instantly, just automatically, we think that whatever we hear after being shown something that's wrong is right. And let me tell you something, my friend. Just because you've been told this is wrong, but now let me show you what's right, doesn't mean automatically what they're going to show you is right. And I'm going to read a paragraph out of a book. Watch this now, how this, uh, and, 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 there, and I'm not, and that's why I'm not going to give the name of the man or the book, because I'm not being ugly toward any particular individual. But this is, just goes to show how we're still trapped in the dark ages. We're, we're deceitfully used. And, and, and these men, as good as some of the things are they can write in their books, if they do not know the way the Holy Spirit works, if they do not know the one object of faith God only moves by according to, if they 
do not know that, they cannot write that, they cannot preach that, teach that, they cannot give that. I recently heard a man on the platform uh, preaching a message. It was nothing but psychology. Nothing but psychology. And, 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 and listen, let me tell you something about these preachers. If, if they ever step into the truth of Christ and Him crucified, the reality that this is the power of God, that this is the only answer from heaven, then they will preach it. Let's keep it very simple, my friends. God is bringing His remnant out of the dark ages, out of the dark, out of the religious, legalistic, uh, paralyzation, devastation of where the church has been for centuries, not just decades, centuries. You need to know that. When a minister gets in the pulpit and he just walks around and talks and shares psychological statistics and facts and he's not preaching the word of God that's been dipped in the blood, in the context of the blood, he's not to be listened to. He's not to be listened to. That's it. He doesn't have it. He can't give it. And if he does give it, he's giving it to impress somebody else who he knows he better be giving it because so-and-so is sitting here. So listen, if you claim you got a cross-preaching church and you letting somebody preach in your church that ain't preaching the Word of God dipped in the blood of Jesus, then my friend, he's not even convicted to preach it in your church. I'm going to tell you something. That's dangerous ground. But watch the deception that's here. Let me see. A radical rejection of the demands of the flesh in favor of the demands of the spirit is required. Now, again, let's talk about why I'm reading this. Verse 13 in chapter 8 of Romans. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. It means if you never learn how to walk after the Spirit, if you don't know what that means, if you think it means turning a song on, lighting a candle, or doing something, then you're still walking after the flesh. If you don't know how to walk after the Spirit, live through the Spirit, mortifying, putting to death the deeds of the body, and living, if you don't know how that's done, you're dead in the eyes of God. You're, you're dying. You're dead. You, you, you cannot bear fruit. Now, I want you to think about this. So this, this chapter, this man that's writing about, he's referring to this scripture. So watch this. Radical rejection of the demands of the flesh in favor of the demands of the spirit is required. In other words, I must choose. What he's preaching is choice. Watch now. And I, there is choice. Watch. I must, I must radically reject the demands of the flesh and I must radically, I must radically accept the demands to walk after the Spirit. Mortification of the flesh, as traditionally understood, involves self-inflicted bodily pain in order to gain control over the body. Now, notice what he's doing here. He's doing the best he can but the best he can can only keep us devastated, paralyzed, where God can't, it can only keep us dead. The best, God doesn't honor the best we can do. God only honors faith in Christ and Him crucified. 
God doesn't honor faith in His Word. God honors faith in His Word as our faith is in the blood of Jesus. The Word must be dipped in the blood of Jesus. So watch this, what he's telling us here. Traditionally, it's been understood that we must self-inflict pain on our bodies to gain control over the body. And that he's showing you that which is traditionally known, that which is false, that which is wrong. And then he says, but Paul, see, now he's going to try but not be able to tell us. See, here's what I'm talking about. Just because we've been shown something that's obviously wrong, instantly we think that whatever we're shown now is going to be right. But watch, it won't be. But Paul is talking about something different. Drawing on the Spirit's power. That's correct. To reject everything we know to be sinful and positively walking in the way of the Spirit. That's true. This too can be painful. That's true. But it produces the fruit God desires. That's true. And these things are true. They sound right. They are true. The challenge to choose life instead of death echoes the words of Moses in Deuteronomy 30, verses 15 through 20. You know what they were. This day choose you who you will serve. But the difference under the new covenant, now remember, he thinks he's telling us right. He thinks he's giving us the answer. He thinks he is. Now watch. Just because he's told us that which is wrong, he thinks he's given us that which is right. But he's not. Watch. But the difference under the new covenant is that we have the Spirit to keep us in the way of life, and the consequence of our choice is eternal. But see, what's being taught there is the choice, that we have a choice, and we do. But the choice is to choose to follow the Spirit and not the flesh. But in this book, it's not told how we follow the Spirit. It's not told. The answer in this book is to choose, choose to follow the Spirit. Can I say to you today that just because you wake up today and say, I choose to follow the Holy Spirit. Oh, I welcome you into my life today, Holy Spirit. It's kind of like worship services where they preach law and legalism. But they say, oh, we welcome you into this place, Holy Spirit. Come into this place today and have your way. If the truth of Jesus Christ and Him crucified is not the focus, if that's not what the Word we're preaching is dipped in, hallelujah, oh, glory to God, then we're only preaching that which we think is right, and that's not good enough. The Word of God that's not been dipped in the blood, the Word of God that's not been used to point people to Calvary is, is not going to work. It's not going to work. The Holy Spirit teaches us, reveals all truth to us. Jesus said he would do that when he comes. Ministers who just walk around on the pulpit and quote Scripture without pointing you to Christ and what he did at Calvary, they're holding God's Word, God's truth in an unrighteous manner. And God is resisting them. Now tell me that's not where we've been for centuries. Just walking around, quoting God's Word, hoping God will do something by us quoting God's Word. Telling people, God's people, that all you have to do is choose to follow after the Spirit. 
If you don't tell them that object of faith, that one object of faith that God has given humanity, being his son and what his son did at Calvary, if you don't show them in God's word how to walk after the Spirit, because it is more than a choice. You have to know what the choice really is. The choice the choice is what I choose to put my faith in. Oh, somebody help me here today. Somebody say amen. See, the, the message of the cross is bringing the church out of the dark ages. Devastation, blindness, darkness, fruitlessness. I'm talking about fruitless. I'm talking about God right now. There is a move of God. And if you don't get in it, you're going to be just like the Pharisees that settled for what they've always had. And they had forsaken the way of God themselves or they would have recognized the Savior. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to think about that. Without the Word of God being preached in the context of the blood of Jesus, you are like Balaam. You are presenting that to the people of God that will only bring God's judgment against them, resistance against them. You are a part of the problem. Yes, you have to preach the cross. You have to preach God's word as it is truth. That means as it is revealed in the person of Christ, who is the truth and what he did at Calvary to become our truth. That's right. Hear me this morning. Every message has to be dipped in the blood. If you're listening to preachers who have not stepped into this yet or who have heard it and refuse to, because if they step into this place of determination to know nothing else, their denomination is going to force them out, going to push them aside. Listen, it's better to be pushed aside by man and be in the company of God's remnant than it is to be pushed aside by God because you won't walk in the way, and, listen, than to be among people who are rejecting the truth. Let me tell you something. And I probably didn't say that right. God's not going to push us out of the way. We're going to be led out of the way through the lust of our own flesh. And let me tell you something about preachers, folks, who not, not the ones who hadn't heard this yet, but make no mistake about it, even though they haven't heard it and they're not preaching it, they're still walking in, in the dark. And this is not something new. The church has been in the dark ages for years. I'm not saying people hadn't been born again. But what I am saying, 99.9% .9 of God's people have never learned to walk in the fruit-bearing place, the experience of life place. Wow. Think about that. We're not preaching that we're the only ones preaching. We're not. Listen. All I'm saying is that God's Word teaches the focus is Christ. The focus is what Christ did at Calvary, not what we go and do. And the only works we're called to walk in, by the way, according to the Scriptures, are the works that are in Christ Jesus, Ephesians 2.10. And listen, that's the only place the Holy Spirit works. The law of the Spirit of life, listen, in Christ Jesus, Romans 8.2. 
The law of the Spirit of life. It means the only avenue through which the law of the Spirit of life works is in Christ Jesus. And if we don't keep our faith in the cross alone, we're not walking in Christ Jesus. Therefore, the works we're doing are not the works of the Holy Spirit. Think about We're talking about that God is still bringing his people out of the dark ages and you have to choose. What you have to choose is that you're going to come back to the faith. You're going to come back to the truth. You're not going to keep sitting under psychological ministers. Listen, Proverbs twelve seventeen is so profound and so simple that if you will get it, you will be changed in an amazing manner by the Holy Spirit. He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness, but a deceitful, but a false witness, deceit. A false witness is deceitful. What's a false witness? A false witness is one who's using God's word in a deceitful manner. Walking around trying to just talk, give statistics, give facts without preaching the word dipped in blood. If it's not dipped in the blood of Jesus, and I mean if it's not, if it's not being used to point you to the cross of Christ, then you just heard a message that's deceitful. The question is, are you still falling for deceitful messages? You've got to get up like Abraham did. He'd been preached to and taught all his life about false idols. Demonic, satanic garbage. But when God approached him, he had to get up and get out. And God is getting his people up and getting them out. The message of the cross is God's a call and declaration to his church today. Come out from a mo- Who's on the Lord's side? It's not men building some something, some elite group of men. That's what they thought about Jesus. My Lord, he's calling himself the Son of God. And to be the Son of God, that means he's God. Well, that's what they're saying about this move of God we're in today. Oh, they think they're elitist. They, they, they think they're better than everybody. They, listen, those religious words always come from the false witnesses who are presenting deceitful messages. For the true ministers of God, listen to me, present God's word under the anointing of the Holy Spirit in truth. Because truth is the only thing that portrays, shows forth God's righteousness. And that's the only picture he's painting. Christ, who is our righteous Lord, and the avenue through which he imparts initial and daily fruits of righteousness. Hallelujah. The way of the cross. You can't escape it. You can't go around it. All you can do is repent and come back to faith and grace. Listen, I've watched people uh, who, who are living for God give somebody a Bible. Just to a few years down the road, that guy that got the Bible, he's excited about the Word of God, but he's looking for the guy that gave him the Bible. He finds him. The guy hadn't read the Bible in three years. He's he's looking for the man that that led him to Christ and invited him to church, and 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 and, and he's and he's coming. He he's coming to that church, and he's asking where the guy. Oh, that guy. He's not even in church anymore. Listen, listen, listen. Listen very carefully. Just because somebody gave you a Bible and now they're no longer in it 
Just because somebody led you to Christ and invited you to church and now they don't go to church anymore, don't let that have a false effect on you. Just because some ministry began to teach you the message of the cross, a ministry like this one, any ministry began to show you the way of God's word in truth and righteousness, pointing you to Calvary, and then all of a sudden one day this ministry begins to resort back and to reach into denominationalism, reaches back and begins to mix it up with that which God brought us out of. Listen, don't be uh, deceived. Don't be uh, brought into a place of deceitfulness again. Listen, Paul preached for three and a half years in Ephesus, begging, pleading with tears. Hallelujah. But he called the elders together before he left and he said, Oh, I know that when I leave, even he's el- these are the elders, leaders of the church, even when I leave, that you're going to among you draw men unto your own self, make disciples unto your own selves. Oh, we need to wait. Listen, just because I led you to Christ, just because I gave you a Bible, just because I introduced you to the way of the cross, listen, you better keep your eyes on Jesus and what he did for you at Calvary because there is a opportunity for me to go wayward, me to get out of the word, me to get out of prayer or me to get out of the narrowness of preaching this word of God in righteousness. You need to hear me today. Every word God has ever spoken is in righteousness. Proverbs 8 and 8. And outside of that, if you're listening to me today, and I know many of you do, you don't want people to know you do, you're listening to me and you're just not going to, you're not breaking away from that which is false because you'd rather be identified with certain ministers than identified with the truth of Jesus Christ. It's time to break away. It's time, listen, you're not going to have to push people out of your lives. They're going to cut you off when you just get narrow-minded, when you just allow the Holy Spirit to, to cause you to be determined to know nothing else. What you're missing out on by being tied to people instead of the truth, and I know you think you are, but listen, God is calling you out from the mixture. He's just because this ministry has preached the cross and seen lives change literally all over the world doesn't mean that 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 you need to follow me if I start mixing back in with things that I came out of. You don't need to follow me. You need to find somebody else that's narrowly preaching this gospel, this word of God dipped in blood. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, the living word of God was dipped in blood, his own blood at Calvary for you and me and the word of God that Jesus said was about him if it's not dipped in blood preached through the blood seen through the blood the Holy Spirit's not going to give you what you need he's not going to increase that he's not going to be able to do what you need him to do many are in a mixture and they're allowing that mixture. They're, they're not rising up because they're afraid of what's, what might happen. Listen, you can't be afraid of what might happen. You must choose to maintain your faith in the cross. And let me say one last thing about mixture. I know we didn't get very far in this today. But this is all about learning to, through the Spirit, mortify the deeds of the body so that we can live. The longer I'm in a mixture, tolerating it, making excuses as to why I'm not getting out, 
Oh, the excuses are so godly. Oh, let me tell you something. You can think something is so godly. You can think something is leading you. Listen, God ain't leading you to be in a mixture. Bring the rebuke. Bring the rebuke. And maybe God will bring repentance. Bring the rebuke. And maybe God will bring repentance. Hopefully He will. But the longer I stay in a mixture the more I'm being deceitfully manipulated. I'm getting milked down. Now I'll begin to talk about these ministers who are preaching the cross now, who have been in this great reformation brought back and are preaching the Word of God dipped in blood when they stand before the people of God. I'll begin to say negative things about them, my own self, because I'm in a mixture. I'm in a mixture. Mixture's not tolerated. When they built the golden calf, I'm talking about the people of God after He brought them out of it. When they built the golden calf, they built an altar right beside it. You see, when it becomes the Christ and Him crucified, that's, that, that's single-mindedness. But when I put one more and in there, I become double-minded. Doesn't matter what I know. Doesn't matter what I have been taught. I step into a double-minded place. You see, it's not Christ and Him crucified and. It's Christ and Him crucified, period. And I know this message has blessed you. I know there's a great call going on in the land right now to get up and to get out. And the ministers are going to have to hear it. The ministers are going to have to hear it. They're going to have to hear it. If they don't, then their choice is to remain in the manipulation with the spirit of Balaam upon them, that which they're presenting to the people of God that's bringing the judgment of God against the people of God, the resistance of God against the people of God. For me to preach the Word of God, not dipped in blood, not pointing the people to the cross when I minister God's Word, is manipulation and it's very deceitful. Most preachers are doing it because they're deceived. And deceived means I don't know that I don't know. But once you hear this, and you hear this, and you reject this, and you start saying negative things about those who are preaching this, that is a very deceptive and deceitful place. Talking in the background about the ministers who are calling through the power of the Holy Spirit God's people who's on the Lord's side. I know this has been a blessing to you today, and I pray that you will listen to this again. Listen to this again. Share it with your friends on social media. We're here every Monday and Thursday teaching the book of Romans at 8.30 a.m. live. This central time on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page. I know this episode cut off due to weather situations here as far as uh, the video portion. But thank God we've got the audio. Share this with others. There is such a mighty move of God taking place today. There is a mighty move. Of, don't listen. You've got to guard your heart. Don't get called into this and then be deceitfully manipulated and moved out of the way. 
Stay the course. Don't mean stay in church. Stay the course in the faith. Stay the course in the truth. Stay the course as a determined to know nothing other than Christ and Him crucified child of God. God bless you. We love you. And until next time, I just want to encourage you to stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. See you then.